you're listening to Business in Bloom, a podcast for creative female entrepreneurs and a home to honest conversations about the ups and downs of running your own business. I'm your host and self-belief business coach, Anna Dunleavy, and we'll explore topics on self-doubt, following your intuition, and why self-limiting beliefs might be holding you back. Hello and welcome back to episode 84. I'm really excited to share this one with you and my guest this week is Sasha, a freelance creative writer and founder of Frank and Feel, where Sasha encourages us to explore our self-trust through journaling. And we talk about trying new things and the unexpected places that that might take us. And we also talk about doing through doubt. I hope you like it. Hi, Sasha. Thank you so much for joining me. How are you today? Hello, Anna. I'm really good. The weather has had such a good effect on me, I think. And generally, as I've seen, it's it's been such a good mood booster. So I'm feeling really quite sprightly today, actually. (laughs) Oh, nice, nice. I know it it does make such a difference, actually. Um, It seems, yeah, I think for me, though, when when the days are really warm, Mm. I kind of want to not do very much. (laughs) It it has a weird effect on the work side of things where I kind of, I really want, I'm, you know, really craving that lazy summer vibes, you know? Mm -hmm. I know it well, yeah. I have to, I kind of keep going to sit outside just in like little 10 minute breaks and like, oh, I'll just answer an email out here or maybe I do something for my phone out here and I spend a lot longer out there than than was planned. Well, actually, but that's a really nice way of doing it and having little breaks here and there and actually, you know, soaking it up because ultimately, why the hell not? And the last as well. (laughs) I remember where we live, so. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, exactly. We've got to take it, you know, make the most of it. Yeah. (laughs) So why don't you introduce yourself and just tell us a little bit about what it is that you do? Sure. My name is Sasha and I am a freelance creative writer. I use words to connect with people for a living. Um, I do that in a few ways. I work with small female-owned business owners to bring words that fit to their audience. Through my own writing, I write newsletters and on social media uh, via Frank and Feel, I share words that kind of draw draw people away from self-doubt towards self-trust and largely that started with my own journey but I think it's one of resonance with a lot of people and I also run journaling workshops that speak to the business values of turning from self-doubt towards self-trust and increasing autonomy and priority in our lives as women and uh, yeah largely I just like to bring words to people and also help them find the words that help them start to rewrite their own narratives. Mm, You are very much speaking my language because (laughs) obviously, you know, I, that's kind of the work that I do with business owners is very much centered around cultivating that self-belief and self-trust. And and I think that's such a kind of key component of running a business but also just to kind of go through life with with a little bit more self-trust. And I think, and perhaps we'll explore that later, I think it's not something that we are usually, um, I don't want to obviously generalise too much, but mm. for the most part, quite, quite a lot of us haven't been taught that or perhaps it hasn't been modelled to us when we, when we were growing up. So 
Yeah. yeah. I think even if it hasn't been, even if it has been modeled, I feel like the standard seems to be all the other stuff that invites you to look outside of yourself for answers, whether that's through marketing, uh, consumption via retail, um, and just being in life. So even if you have had it, I feel like the, the message is hammered home a lot more often about the stuff that leans away from that rather than towards it. Yeah, that is such a juicy topic I think because um I've been kind of reflecting on that a lot I mean I don't want to kind of go off on a tangent perhaps we'll we'll come to it but the you know marketing messages that we get Mm. particularly particularly in the kind of you know from the bigger companies but also it's seeped through into the the way we approach marketing as small businesses because I think that's kind of seen as the only way that is possible and so I think yeah so I think that's a really it's a really kind of tricky terrain I think (laughs) I think I think you're right because I guess we've likely I can only speak for myself but we've probably all done courses and had freebies and worksheets and signed up to emails and stuff where I guess the thing that we have been told in order to market whatever service or product it is that you have is what problem do you speak to what problem are you solving and I do find something a little bit off with that message because sometimes because that kind of means that maybe we're always seeking to be fixed and I don't necessarily think that that's always the right way to approach something that it's something about less than I like the idea of particularly with my my journaling workshops it being about adding to adding to what's what's already there rather than filling a hole or filling a gap I like to look at things from a sense of abundance rather than lack I guess yeah I love that and it's it's something that I kind of like to really think about when I'm doing the kind of coaching side of things Mm. because for me the like ultimate kind of foundation of the coaching is that you already have the answers within you and what you're talking about is it is just kind of adding to it's not you know looking for ways to be fixed it's rather just maybe pulling out the pieces that were a little bit more hidden that are already there Um, so yeah I really love that Mm. right so let's go back to the beginning (laughs) you've mentioned that you are a freelance creative writer Mm. tell us a little bit about that work and then perhaps I would love to hear a little bit more about how Frank and Phil came about as well I think I've kind of struggled to give give myself a label it's like you do lots of things, but what do you do? Who are you? <laughs> What's your label? And I guess we are creatures that like to seek labels and boxes. Mm. And actually it's funny because that's quite the opposite of the the reason for why I wanted to set up this business or why it came about in the first place. It was being tired actually of labels and other people determining my worth. So it's interesting that I kind of have curved back to wanting to seek a label, but I guess it's for the purposes of, you know, expressing and sharing what you do. You do have to have a a label to an extent. 
But I just like to say that I, I like to change worlds with words. And that sounds huge and like a very big task and like I'm doing loads, but it's done in the smallest of ways. And I find the, the small things are the big things, actually. So I started Frankenfeel on the 1st of January 2020, an interesting year to start a business, maybe some would say. And it actually started, I think, ruminating around my head a couple of months before that, because I it started with candles. The true start of Frankenfeel is with candles. I bought what was quite an expensive candle to me and I got it home and I started to burn it and I was like, this is this was not worth this amount of money. And I don't know if I'd just been paying attention to, I don't know, things around me, or they, I guess they say, you know, the things you're seeking, they kind of find you or they become more obvious because you're looking for them. And I'd seen a whole raft of people setting up their own um, independent candle businesses. And I was like, I wonder if I could do that. So I went into immediate planner mode, which is my default. And I took a couple of workshops um, when we could do things in real life uh, as standard in candle making and making bar salts. And I was like, I wonder if this could really be a thing, like creating these. But I knew I always wanted to have words in there somewhere. So when people ask me, oh, where does the name Frankenfeel come from? In true honesty, it's because I was copying the template that seemed to exist of candle brands having something and something like that's just <laughs> what they were called and so that's where it, it kind of came from but really it's I guess it's about me speaking uh, feelings frankly and so it started with candles but very quickly although I loved making them I make made them for friends I still make a few for myself I realized I didn't want to do it on a commercial level I just liked having that pursuit, that interest, that skill for myself. And actually it was the words that seemed to be resonating around social media or wherever I was sharing them. And so I thought, oh, well, maybe there's something here. So I let myself just continue with curiosity, writing, sharing words, being on podcasts, creating a newsletter. And people would just started to approach me to say, oh, I, I need some words for this. Could you do that? I need some words for, for that. Could you do this? And honestly, I think I've kind of become an accidental business owner in a way, purely because I, I followed curiosity, not knowing where it would go. But that was also, I guess, in a small way, part of the plan, because I wanted to be quite upfront with people to say I have this interest I don't know where it's going we always we're used to seeing like the before and after transformation but my whole business journey is the messy middle and being quite open about that and I, again I think that's something else that that resonates and I'd like to think that I'm showing the ebb and flow of growth and the twists and turns and how it's shaping up and I think that's maybe what makes people connect with the things I write yeah, I think it. you're right, because you're speaking to that, like you say, that messy middle that so often gets kind of glazed over it, it doesn't perhaps get discussed enough, actually. And for the people who are in the thick of it, mm. you know, we, we either see the kind of very kind of beginning stages of something forming, or mm. 
the more polished, you know, this is the final product or this is where I am now Mm -hmm. stories. And I think it's actually, so it's the messy middle. It's the stuff kind of the day to day, actually, that like you say, the ebbs and flows that actually we don't perhaps often talk about enough. And I think that's really, (laughs) that's really what I would imagine people really connect with life the whole of life whether you're talking about a business journey or a personal journey most of it 95 percent of it is the messy middle so why aren't we talking about it more yes, yes. <laughs> I love that it's so true and uh, something that it just kind of reminded me something that you said earlier about you know the kind of small moments and the and the small sometimes actually technically insignificant things are actually where it's at right it's it's not the big you know the big goals achieved it's it's the little things in the middle yeah it's the tiny things because they are the the growth spurts they are you know um the the soil that's been nourished you know that's the start of something showing for all those small incremental steps that you've been making so yeah yeah and I also love how the candles kind of brought you here Mm -hmm. (laughs) because had you not started that and thought actually I could make this into a business perhaps you wouldn't have ended up on this you know for the for lack of a better word journey um and and I think so many of us perhaps can relate to that too that actually sometimes you know we take these kind of turns that perhaps at the time seem to be it but actually they just lead us on to the kind of next more more aligned path I guess yeah 100% I think my main thing is always to be open to curiosity and possibility which I guess in a way is is really useful but I've called my business frank and feel because it doesn't necessarily align with anything as such apart from maybe the way that I approach business or the way I'm approaching things um, just openly and honestly because I don't know where it could go. I didn't foresee the places where it's taken me to now. And I don't know where it could take me from here. But that's all part of the process and the interesting parts of it all. Yeah, I guess that's what makes it exciting. Yeah. Um, I've always found that, that actually it, it, it feels in itself quite abundant because you've got all the kind of possibilities ahead of you. So I would love to talk about journaling and I guess I'm curious like have you always been a writer is that something that you've always done I have always been a writer in some form I only started calling myself a writer in 2020 I don't know what qualification I thought I needed to earn before I could call myself this but if you put a pen to paper you're a writer and so yeah I wrote my first short story when I was like seven or eight years old and I always remember the title. It was called Waiter, There's a Waitress in My Soup. It was great. And yeah, I've always kept journals and diaries. And or I was big in the blog space when it first kicked off. And I think I blogged for about seven or eight years before stepping away from it. And there's always been this kind of shift towards and shift away, shift towards and shift away. But writing in some form has always been part of my life. Yeah, that's amazing. So you've really, it's an integral part of you then. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. I've got journals and 
diaries and notebooks honestly I think on my desk at the moment I've got two notepads a planner and two journals and then a desk pad of notelets paper <laughs> is just my life paper <laughs> it really is it's everywhere I love that I I'm looking at my desk now I've got like a weekly pad that's on my left where I kind of jot things down and then I've got a couple of notebooks my diary another kind of notebook where I was making other notes for some courses that I've been doing so yeah I 100% paper all the way yeah yeah not too much of this electronics <laughs> yeah anything that gets us away from screens sometimes eh because very true yeah so um tell me about the journaling what kind what form does it take for you because I, I appreciate obviously it, it, it's very personal it, it depending on how you process information and and how you like to make sense of your thoughts I guess it might look very different so I'm curious what that looks like for you a lot of the time I let it be what it needs to be so this morning I I asked myself a question and then I wrote just five w's and h where why when what who and how and that's how I thought that the entry was going to go so I started with the what and I wrote there and then I just noticed these other thoughts kept coming into my head. So I just, I just like kind of stopped at the end of that and just wrote the random thoughts that were in my head, which I guess is more stream of consciousness journaling. Um, and I'm that kind of messy rebel in my journaling and I don't expect it to look like any particular thing. The habit is the writing, not necessarily the habit or the structure of how it looks so it's not always prompts it's not always stream of consciousness sometimes it's just bullet points sometimes it's a brainstorm of just random words coming off because my brain's not in the in the right space to put together cohesive sentences um I think sometimes people can be put off journaling because they think oh I'm not very good at writing or I can't write streams and streams of things about myself but I think there's a style of journaling for everyone personally yeah, but I think what you're saying is actually it's it's acknowledging what we need in that moment. So, yeah. you know, some days, like you say, some days it might be a big kind of essay yeah. where, where it all pours out of you. And other days it might be really brief or you might just want to jot down some bullet points. And actually, I really love that flexibility within that, because I think when I first started journaling, I assumed that it had to kind of take the form of a you know a few pages of cohesive writing <laughs> but actually I'm not always in the mood for that so I think it's you know and coming back to that self-trust yeah you know you're cultivating it and allowing yourself to do what feels right to you in that moment mm -hmm. absolutely I have a few grounding prompts that I always come back to and they are literally three little bullet points to write body sleep and mind slash mood and if nothing else I write about those three little prompts each morning because I find them to be quite grounding they affect my day they let me know you know if I haven't had the best night's sleep what kind of activities should I be getting involved with what tasks should I get stuck into and what can maybe be pushed to another day so sometimes literally just writing two sentences per prompt is enough to help me kind of navigate 
the day or almost reroute it just taking that time to be like okay where are you at and just bearing that in mind to help you um go through the day yeah so it is a daily habit then for you you, you do would you say that you do it pretty it's much every pretty day much, it's pretty much daily and uh, but again with the whole self-trust thing if it's not it's not <laughs> and that's not me being perfectly imperfect it's just that's just life I also like to bring the joy to my journaling because sometimes I I get the feeling that it's always it has the reputation that's always about deep introspection and again this idea of fixing and shifting and what can improve no sometimes it's just about joy what am I happy for right now what's what have I done to to bring me to to this moment what am I really enjoying and it could just be 10 things that I'm really enjoying it's it's literally just our stream of consciousness however it it comes out on the page in written form yeah I I love that you're so right that I think it can be often used as a tool to kind of to work through stuff right (laughs) whatever you know whatever might be coming up but actually yeah using it from in a more joyful way and bringing in more kind of fun into it actually because yeah why you know what I think sometimes and I think I'm guilty of this that I have a predetermined kind of idea of how something should look and I don't ever stray away from that container I guess Mm -hmm. so actually giving ourselves more freedom within it and the way that we maybe journal each day you know whether it's changing the kind of form or whether the um, themes that we're exploring are changing mm-hmm. actually giving ourselves some freedom within it is is feels quite freeing and, yeah. and nice yeah because at the end of the day it's all about hearing yourself for me journaling is an ongoing conversation and if you think about the conversations you have with any of the people in your life it's not always the the big down heavy stuff sometimes you're just like oh what should we have for dinner that 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 meal was amazing it was so good um, it's but it's just continuing that conversation so I don't always look for deep revelation every time I open my, my journal but I am looking to always be able to hear myself that's the most important thing for me mm. and in your work you talk about connecting with your true north star and I guess what you just described there is that continuing that conversation and and allowing yourself to kind of hear what's actually kind of going on for you how important is that for you what what kind of brought you on to this I don't know to, to cultivate that habit I guess um of seeking my my north star or like the habit of journaling well I guess I would say both <laughs> okay I think I came to a point in my life where I had been trying to control everything so much and grip onto everything and I guess not necessarily just for external view but trying to make it seem like everything was okay and convince myself that everything was okay um and as long as I think it's fine as long as I act as though it's fine it will be fine and I think I just got fed up of hiding from myself and hiding myself in plain sight of other people and my journal is the one place where I feel like I, I can just show up exactly as I am. I don't have to put anything 
on my face. I don't have to speak a certain way. I can just show up as I am in that moment. And like you said, it's freeing. It is entirely freeing to me. And I also realized, again, like you said, at the top of the conversation, there is a lot about ourselves that we already know, but a lot of it has been shrouded under shoulds and labels and titles and expectations, whether that's societal, cultural expectations or whatever. And I just made a point of, slowly but surely trying to listen to more of myself even if I didn't act on it there was monumental shift in just making space to hear some of those things yeah and for someone who perhaps isn't used to doing that because many of us aren't we just Mm -hmm. it's not again it's not something that perhaps you know has even been talked about and often allowing ourselves to really connect with what you know we are feeling and thinking it's not always what's the word I'm looking for convenient right Mm. and so sometimes it's easier to just kind of go with the flow of whatever's happening and without you know really pausing to kind of tune in I guess so for anyone who perhaps isn't used to doing this do you have any kind of tips on, on what they could do to start to connect with their true north well it's interesting that you said sometimes it's more convenient and it's easier to just go with the flow who is it easier for who is it Mm. convenient for because i know it's not me right (laughs) but most of the time i would probably and and again that's maybe a generalization probably for everyone else you're not upsetting you know the the kind of status quo so to speak you know you're yeah you're just kind of going with what what the general structures of life are um whether actually it fits in with what you really truly want or not you know it is entirely easier to do a lot of these things that are essentially coping mechanisms if not trauma responses to do things yourself because you know you'll get it done quicker and done the right way and to go with the flow because it just avoids an argument but I just started to think I guess of my life as it is thus far and think am I going to do that for the rest of my life just what everybody else expects of me and have like this internal fire burning inside me of just feeling so unseen and unheard and not stood up for by myself and so in in the the, in the quiet privacy of my journal that's where I just started to write about really small things it could be oh the way that person spoke to me really irritated me today and I so I think the start of the start of finding any kind of north star um in terms of the truest version of you I guess is just in allowing certain feelings to come up um, and registering them. And it doesn't matter if they didn't come up in the moment, but if it sat with you, take note of it because that has affected you in some way. Sometimes that's what I'll write about. It's not about, I guess, being perfect or always having the perfect response to someone because I am the queen of having arguments with people in my head that have happened about two hours ago and all the things that I think that I should have said at the time but didn't aren't we all (laughs) aren't we all um so yeah 
I would say start small. It might not even be in the journal. It might be in the recorder function of your phone where you're just a few minutes before you, I don't know, go into the office or pick up the kids or whatever. You just write about or speak about how you're feeling. Um, and I think there's there's a lot to be taken just from acknowledging and also voicing. So whether that's voicing through your actual voice or voicing through a pen and noticing the things that keep coming up because I've always believed that the things keep that keep coming back to you are for you or they're things that you're meant to do something with or they're things you're meant to pay attention to and maybe change or maybe progress on. But that's one of the ways that I've I think I found my North Star, it's been in noticing the patterns, the things that keep coming back to me, following my curiosity, mainly those two, but as we continue to talk, maybe more will come up. <laughs> mm. No, thank you for sharing those. I think, yeah, voicing what's going on and acknowledging can actually be really powerful tools just by themselves, actually. We don't, it, it does, it's not always necessarily even about then having to take action immediately or ever sometimes right you know depending on what the situation is I think just acknowledging what you know what's coming up can be really powerful all by itself 100% here allowing yourself to hear yourself for the first time and sometimes forever can be it can be so can be a bit overwhelming actually allowing yourself to feel things that you would normally suppress and push down and just say fine about or go quiet with or retreat to familiar coping mechanism it is an entirely brave and courageous act a lot of the time when as you said it, it can be easier just not to do that but we can spend our lives going through the motions but is that a life yeah <laughs> You've described it beautifully. It's courageous work. <laughs> Actually, Even putting it just to yourself with no one else. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that in itself is really powerful because ultimately, yeah, it's it's our own, how we kind of acknowledge and speak to ourselves is, is kind of, you know, hugely mm. important. Mm. I, I've, I've heard, I don't know where I heard this, but it has stuck in my head for years. The phrase, be careful how you're listening, how you speak to yourself because you're listening. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we can be our number one critic, but are we also our number one cheerleader when it's required? Yeah, I actually talk about this sometimes when it comes to kind of the business side of things, because as uh, solo or, you know, individual business owners I guess we we're in our head a hell of a lot of time right because Mm. yeah because there's we don't have a team of colleagues we can speak to we don't have an office full of you know other people that perhaps we could just talk through something with and so a lot of that dialogue is happening inside our head and actually it's very easy for it to go down the you know the more negative kind of spiral I guess I think was thinking that even if it's not in terms of the words you're saying to yourself sometimes I like to pay attention to the actions that follow certain things or the things that I register in my body if I'm feeling like a funny sort of twisting in my stomach that doesn't feel good or if I'm immediately retreating to sugar and and a loss of it it's like 
Mm. Is that something I need to 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 ponder on? Because I I'm really really learning that as well as kind of like the cognitive and the stuff that comes from your brain, the body keeps a lot of knowledge. The body really does keep the score a lot of the time about the things that are right for us and true for us. So I guess I'd add that to the North Star list, list as well. Notice what happens in your body in certain situations because that in itself is worth its gold in terms of guidance. Absolutely. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's something that I've been personally kind of exploring over the last perhaps year or so. Mm. And something that I'm starting to kind of learn more about from a kind of uh, work point of view, I guess. Mm. Because, yeah, like noticing, like, for example, you know, when you say yes to a request, right? Mm. And actually, you really wanted to say no. How does that feel in your body? What, you know, how are you, what's kind of presenting? Because actually that can, like you say, that can be a real true, well, it can really show us and tell us a lot. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, I wanted to kind of switch, well, not switch gears actually, because it follows on from what we've been talking about, but mm-hmm. you use the phrase, though I doubt I do in, in your work and on your website, and I would really love to hear what does doing through doubt mean to you? And I guess what your relationship with self-doubt has been like, <laughs> which is a big question. <laughs> doing through doubt, to be honest, means everything to me because I feel like I have labelled myself as somebody who doesn't finish things. And so therefore that becomes my own expectation of myself. So I start lots of things with a lot of enthusiasm, but, you know, I'm I'm not a finisher. So doing through doubt, to me, a lot of the time refers to completion um, and bringing things to life that I would like and believe are of value in the world and should exist in the world. Doing through doubt means me taking the physical action of allowing myself to be heard and be seen and it means trusting more than doubting my capabilities yeah it's trusting what I think is possible rather than immediately coming down on it and saying you know it's a rubbish idea it means that while I feel resistance I can still make progress. Just because things can be hard doesn't mean that they are completely and totally immobilizing. And it's what has carried me far through for the last year and a half and do some things that to others may not seem massive, but to me, they're huge and they're the building blocks of self-trust, which means they are incredibly important for me. I think you've hit on something important here, actually, is that the things that we find hard are often perhaps easy to others, right? There's no kind of right or wrong here. And I think recognizing that, you know, sometimes perhaps the the steps we are taking or perhaps when we look, you know, look to others, Mm -hmm. it, you know, the steps that they're taking may look 
easy to us when mm. in reality perhaps they haven't felt to them on the inside exactly I think that sometimes we think about or we compare and think about how things should be so if it looks easy for others it should be easy for us and if it's not easy for us then we're not capable or we shouldn't be doing it not the case at all yeah yeah and I think there's a I think we have a tricky relationship with you know what feels easy and therefore I can do it and if something feels perhaps a little bit more hard or there's a kind of fear attached to it Mm -hmm that can often be an excuse not to go down that route. (laughs) Or, you know, in many people's cases, you know, mine included, put it off for as long as you possibly can. Oh my gosh, (laughs) absolutely 100%. Yeah, I hear you greatly on that. In my last email letter that I wrote, I I wrote about boats and decided that I didn't realise there were so many idioms that had references to boats. So this idea of all being in the same boat, missing the boat, and this third one that I wrote now, I can't remember it now, but the main one was missing the boat. And I realised that a lot of the time I push opportunities away from me or I wait until I'm able to say, ah, the time has passed for that now as an excuse not to do it. And really, that's just me reacting to fear. Right. Yeah, I think I I remember speaking to someone about wanting to start a podcast Mm. and they said, you know, exactly that, that they've missed the boat, you know, everyone's got one now, so it's too late. And that is, I think if we were to go through life with that approach to everything, we probably wouldn't do anything that we actually really wanted to because we'd always be saying, well, that's already been done. Mm. So, you know, it's too late now. But actually, what is too late? Who, exactly. Yeah, who kind of makes the rules? Exactly. And actually, sometimes I like to think about some of the bigger conglomerates out there. And I'm like, when, you know, Mr. Starbucks or, uh, you know, Cafe Nero or any of these coffee shops set up yet another coffee shop five minutes down the road from the other one, they're not thinking, oh, well, there's too many. So, you know, we shouldn't do or we can't do or we're too late. They just do it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe that's the message. (laughs) Even if you think it's too late or you've missed the boat, do it anyway. Do it anyway, because sometimes it's not about that. It's it's sometimes it's about completing that action because actually that can take you to somewhere else or give you the 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 belief in yourself to try the next thing. Sometimes it's not actually about the thing you want to create so if it was a podcast it's just about doing it because of you could say confidence but I've got a funny relationship (laughs) with my confidence it just gives you another thing to put in your pocket of evidence that says actually I can do the things I want to do because not everything that we create is going to be you know a, a success or whatever but again that shouldn't put us off but there are, there are so many other things that we can get out of doing and completing and achieving the things we want and the desires that we have other than the actual result that we're seeking. Absolutely. I think there is, there, actually, there is so much kind of rich learning and growth that can happen through going through that process. But what I wanted to 
say is kind of circle back to what we were talking about, you know, you wanting to set up a candle business Hmm. and actually that again, the the decision to go through with that has led you down then a a different path and allowed you to explore different avenues Hmm. that perhaps wouldn't have happened as a result, you know, had you not done that. So I always, yeah, again, it's kind of coming back to this more, in a sense, more of an abundant kind of view, I guess, that even if this isn't it, right, maybe this won't last for however long, Mm -hmm. if it feels right in the moment, why not go with it? Why not give it a go? And then you just never know where you will end up afterwards. Exactly. And the thing is, sometimes, okay, people don't want to think of it in terms of abundance and lack. Sometimes, you know what, it's just giving yourself a chance. It's just allowing yourself to be seen because a lot of the opportunities that have come my way have just come from allowing myself to be seen. And you never know really who's paying attention or connecting with what you're writing and what you're saying. And just giving yourself a chance to be seen doing the things that you like doing can bring so much to you I know that it that it has for me so even if it feels sticky if it feels right just give it a try and what would you say if you know when that fear does have a strong hold on us Mm -hmm. is that something that you perhaps have experienced and have been able to work through on you know move with I guess experience fear creatively probably every day (laughs) Mm. to be honest with you and there's a few things I do I try and take myself out of it because a lot of the time you're thinking what will people think of me how will they they perceive this um how does this reflect on me and actually I think of what value is it giving to others so from that point I like to take myself out of it I sometimes I just think I always like to come back to my dad's saying and he's Caribbean so he's always saying oh you must try a thing you know just try a thing and so sometimes I'm like I'm just trying something if it doesn't work I'll know if if you know if or if it does or doesn't work I'll know but I'll only know if I do it right Um, yes yes (laughs) and so that I find really useful sometimes sometimes I I I speak to myself and I'm like okay this isn't rocket science that you're you know you're not creating some life or death type thing sometimes I try and find the lightness in in things because we can get so serious and bogged down in our own thoughts and in our efforts that we forget to just find the fun or find the why or just think you know what Sasha it's, it's really not that deep <laughs> yeah do you know, yeah I'm really kind of nodding along with everything that you're saying because it's so true and, it, and you know I catch myself doing this all the time where mm-hmm. I do get you know poured into this very serious like you know what am I doing with my life or you know where is this going mm-hmm. but actually you know actually just try a thing yeah just try just try why not like and th- and a lot of the time I'll do this thing where you know I've I've done all the things up until the point of releasing it and letting people know I've done the research I've created the product I've, I've found out the things that I didn't know along the process and then I get all that way and I I let fear allow me from allow me to not 
release it and not be seen and you've gone through all of that effort wow yeah <laughs> sometimes well, we really do a number on ourselves <laughs> right yeah but that leads me on to something that you've written on in your bio I believe mm. about being a perfectionist planner mm. and I suppose the tendency or, or what I'm hearing from that is that you know we love to create a perfect plan and like you say you go through all the motions of 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 getting to almost that final stage of actually putting something out there you know, releasing it into the world let's say is that is that a kind of tendency that you've picked up on over the years or is that something more relatively kind of new for you I don't know if I've journaled enough to know it's real <laughs> <laughs> I don't I definitely don't think it's new though you probably can take it back to school days where coming from Caribbean background like your school education was everything and so you would get like 95% in a test and you know your, my nan would be like oh well that, that's good but what happened to the other five percent you 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 pick up these things where it's like if it's not perfect if you're not going to achieve the top then don't bother trying right um, yes yeah mm. So and and you 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 don't realise that there's still a lot to be taken from coming in second, third, fourth place, and not even thinking about places, but just from from the doing, like you were saying, the rich learning that comes from the process. Sometimes we don't pay that enough attention and give it the kudos that it deserves. Yeah, because I think we are like you've just described, we're looking at the final kind of, you know, the mark on the test where the the kind of final outcome what does that look like and actually forgetting all the steps that we took to get there or the perhaps skills we had to learn to get to you know the the place we're going and I think yeah I think we're almost yeah doing ourselves a, ourselves a little bit of a disservice I guess yeah. by solely focusing on the on the yeah on the final thing yeah um and then I guess the so you've got the perfectionist piece where you're like, oh, it can't go out until it's absolutely perfect. But then constantly moving the boundary of what perfect is. And then you you compare that or you, you add that in with the plan a bit, which means oh, I have to be 100 percent ready to do this else. I can't even begin to start. And the two just implode against each other. I, I think the whole planning thing for me. I think comes from where I've applied for jobs in the past and I would read job specs and be like unless I can do 85% of this role already I'm not going to apply and that's a really sad way to view things because actually it makes sense to me now why I would get into jobs and within three months be bored you need to have something that's going to stretch you and keep your interest for a certain amount of time. You can't be like 99% ready before you apply for something. There's, there's no space for growth there. That is such an important point, actually, that, yeah, we need we need things to stretch us and, and yeah, allow for that growth. And we, we run away from it, but it, I think it is a, a deep need within us. Yeah, and I, I recognise that in myself quite a bit, that actually I think I, I have a quite an impatient nature, or you know, anyway. Same. But yeah, 
actually it I'm motivated and I feel I don't really I suppose maybe connected I guess when I'm learning new things and I'm I am kind of I feel like I'm growing but whether there's a <laughs> unhealthy attachment to that as well perhaps you know but we, we won't go into that now but <laughs> yeah a moderate sense of growth is is healthy I think <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay so as we are wrapping up if there is one tip you could give your younger self what would it be it would be to pour into yourself as much as you do other people I think I personally grew up believing that service acts of service would get you everywhere and a lot of the time they just burn you out and I would do so unashamedly and unapologetically Um, and actually it's the same advice that I would give myself today sometimes I sit and think oh when I do the comparison olympics in my mind and think oh you know you've got all this time to yourself you're not you're not a mum you don't have like dependents looking after you you don't so you know how can you want more time for yourself you want us you want the slow morning on top of all of these other things but actually it's a moot point because me feeling guilty for the things I think I need isn't going to serve or give more time to somebody else in their situation so (laughs) just give yourself as pour into yourself as much as you do other people and maybe even more than because I feel like when I do those things for myself I guess it it does make me a better person to kind of be able to have the to know when I've got the capacity to give out and also to do the do those things for other people but yeah remember that when you're giving to everybody else you are people too (laughs) yeah yeah that is such a good reminder I think we're again you know whether that's cultural or whatever you want to call it there is a tendency to want to kind of give more than we give ourselves I guess give to others and so yeah that's a really great reminder thank you so lastly where can people find you pretty much find me everywhere under my now out of sync candle brand name <laughs> frank and feel so there's a website frankandfeel.com and you can also find me at frank and feel on instagram and uh, yeah those are the main two places but yeah if if anywhere under that name that's where you'll find me amazing and you also run a monthly journaling workshop is that yeah. something that is kind of a, a an ongoing project yeah I run them um once a month in the middle of the month and they've got a loose theme so the next one coming up the theme is delight because again like I say journaling not always about deep introspection there's a lot to learn from the light as much as there is like the shadow in the dark (laughs) and I do them online via zoom and they started in February and they've been going up until now and I really really enjoy them so I just launched um, an audio journaling guide and again they're going to be themed but the idea behind those is that you can do them without a screen you can just listen they're done in real time so there's no need to like press play and pause and you don't have to be in the right time zone or you know if you have plans you can just do them at your leisure and so that's something else that I'm working on at the moment amazing that sounds really nice it sounds like a really quite nice and nourishing way to kind of gift yourself some time with with some pen and paper Mm. amazing thank you so much for your time lovely thanks for having me Anna